Welcome to the Encounter YA podcast, helping young adults follow Jesus. Here are your hosts, Garrett Cars and Annika Carter. In today's episode, we interview Celebration Community Church Creative Arts Director, Cale Bloom. Hear about his testimony and how he pursued the truth of who God is through the loss of his father. We hope that you are blessed by Cale's story of God's faithfulness. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I like to say it just like that because Anika hates when I say everybody on the podcast. So that's how I'm going to do my introductions from now on. But we have a distinguished guest <laughs> on the podcast this morning I is like when we we're recording. Title. <laughs> distinguished. distinguished. A guest. A guest. <laughs> we have someone. <laughs> we have a stopgap. <laughs> we have. Uh, Kale Bloom, who is uh, working up here at the church, and I can't actually remember your official title. So, it, creative ministry direct, creative director. Oh, so close. Ooh. So my my on my job description it says creative arts director. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We're close. All but. So you're close. Yes. I missed three letters. So he is in charge of trying to make all of the dumb ideas that I have come to life. So that's pretty much it. In a nutshell, <laughs> yeah. and he like, hey, let's try this, wrong, and I'm just like, mm, mm-hmm. okay, let's <laughs> let's try that, and it's not just you. Oh, yeah, it's not just sure. you. Yeah, for sure. What do you mean? I think Brand's one of the most just perfectly creative guys I've ever met. Derek's ideas are just blooming. Just a plethora <laughs> yes. of. It's okay. It's they don't listen to the podcast, <laughs> so we can say whatever we want to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But no, we are pumped to have you on the podcast today and just talk about your life, talk about your ministry and kind of get into all of that. And so I just wanted for you to kind of open up with just an introduction to who you are. And then I'd love to hear kind of your story and and you'll talk about you know growing up in the church and what what that was like as well. Right. So like you said, um, I, I've I've been on staff here twice at the church. So I first came on staff in 2005 um, and worked here until 2013 as the worship arts pastor. So, um, you know, I was on the platform every weekend leading worship, you know, doing that kind of basically what Nathan does now um, for for several years. And then my wife and I moved to Wichita. I should probably preface this with I have a family. Yes. Sarah doesn't listen to the podcast either, so we're fine. Yeah, uh, I am married uh, to my wife Sarah, and we have we have three biological kids and a foster daughter. Um, but when we moved to Wichita, we only had we had our two boys, and so uh, we were there for the entire calendar year of 2014, which is a whole story in and of itself. Um, and we came back with a third child, so that was fun. Um, but then, so when when we moved back in 2015. Um, Nathan was already in his position. And so it didn't make sense for me to try to come in and and overhaul everything that was already in place. And I didn't, I didn't want to do that anyway. And so, um, you know, in Wichita, I had part of my role there was kind of a, a campus pastor or venue leader is what they called it. And so I was overseeing a lot of the production elements and things that was happening. And so it was just a natural fit for them to create for the church here to create a creative arts position and to kind of help streamline a lot of that back end stuff that we're we're kind of missing. Right. So that was, that was kind of the 
genesis of social media all of the stuff that happens behind the scenes everybody comes in and they're like wow this is great and you're like thank you i did (laughs) right (laughs) yeah and and and, you know it's it's great when when you know i mean you guys know how like social media is is powerful yeah and and it's nice when people actually like respond to it or interact with it Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean everything from from everything that happens within a weekend service outside of the message runs through my office yeah um so songs all the backgrounds announcements even things like the app and the website um all that stuff just kind of that happens yes around you yeah um and so it's so it's it's a lot of fun it's it's really engaging and you get to work with a lot of different ministries and a lot of different people and so you're always kind of collaborating with people and and things so I, i it's it's a lot of fun i love it yeah that's awesome yeah we're thankful for your work that you do here at the church and and it goes sight unseen and I think there's a lot of people that don't recognize all of that. How do you, is that something that you wrestle with sometimes? Is that, you know, is that something that, that is a struggle or? Not particularly. Okay. Um, I've, I've always been, even, even like when I was leading worship, like we, we would do youth conferences and yeah. we would like the, the band would want to do like a performance song. And I was like, I don't like that idea. <laughs> like, that's not why right. we're doing what we're doing. Like, yeah. that's just always been kind of my mindset. Sure. Like, it's not about me. Um, and and so I, I I like being able to highlight our team. Yeah. You know, I, I like being able to to make Pastor Brandt look good, to make Nathan look good, to make Derek look good. That that's kind of my job. Like I and I love that role. That's awesome. Um, I don't. I have no desire to be in the spotlight. You know, every once in a while I get to lead worship, which is great. Uh, I got to preach a couple weeks ago, which yeah. was which was a lot of fun. You crushed it. But like that's yeah. That's that's great. But that's not my my goal. Isn't to be in front of people. Yeah. Like I just want to make I want to make. Our slogan in my office, I have a big, I have a big poster that says, I want to make unforgettable experiences that people want to repeat. Yeah. And that's my whole goal. Mm-hmm. Like I want to make, I want to make our, our church services or our weekend services or encounter or whatever. I want them to make like beautiful experiences that people want to return to and then in turn bring their friends to experience. Yeah. So whether I get to do that behind the scenes, whether I'm in front of people, right. it doesn't matter. That's the goal. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think that's such a really cool perspective for people to have because I don't think that's always that's always the heart um, that we hear from people. A lot of people, they want to be on the stage. They want to be recognized. They right. want, and so for you to model that, I think is, is really incredible. And no, I, I mean, that's, that. that's not saying that I've always been, no, you know, I, I, mean, I know, and especially sure. like as a worship leader, like you, you, like you, you find yourself like, Hey, like, yep. I like doing this and I like being in front of people and I like people saying that I did a good job. Yeah. Like, but, but I, I think it's just like, yeah, be, because I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly, as as a worship leader, like both within mm-hmm. other people and within myself, like I've I've really had kind of a, a shift in my perspective as to what mm-hmm. what helps the church, the local church grow, and what helps it become something. You know, this I, I there's so much more outside of me that happens within a within a service. Right. Um, I'm I'm one cog in a wheel. Yeah, and the, so so for me to try to put all that focus on on what I do it. Yeah, there's, there's no point. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing that and just giving people perspective of what goes in behind the scenes and and everything. And obviously we know because you help us out at Encounter a lot, but a lot of people don't know all the work that you put in. I would love to hear the story of when you decided to follow Jesus and kind of what was that like growing up? Um, And people might not know this, but you grew up around church. Yeah. Yeah. What was, (laughs) what was that like? So, so my dad was a pastor. And so like every, every time the doors were open, yeah. we were there. Um, you know, I remember listening to, to, <laughs> we only listened to Christian music in our house. And so there was a Christian comedian 
it was talking. He's like, hey, every time the doors were open, like whether the pastor was cleaning the windows, like we were in our pew watching him <laughs> do it. Um, you know, and so like like we were always in church, like and everything we we did was was based around and revolved around yeah. church, right? And so like I can't, I don't, I I can't specifically like pinpoint like, hey, I was seven and a half years old, and it was right. October twelfth, you know. Uh, <laughs> Which is today? Which is today? All right, Kale, close your eyes here. That's We're gonna crazy. Really, yeah. um, but you know, I I can't like pinpoint like a specific like day that was like, yep, I dedicated my life to Jesus. Yeah. But like I, but faith was always like an integral part of what we did. Um, but I, I think I think my I kind of started to own my faith. Um, like in high school, um, like I knew, um. I knew I was going to go into ministry. I didn't want to go into ministry. I had zero desire mm -hmm. to to go into vocational ministry, but I was like, well, that's what my dad does. So I think that's probably what I should do. Like, it was kind of one of those things. Like, like if your dad's a doctor, like, oh, that'd be kind of a cool thing. But I was like, my dad's a pastor. So I feel like that, like in order to like be a <laughs> right. good son, like that's yeah. what I should do. And, but, but music was only something that I, the guy gravitated towards in high school. I knew I wasn't going to be an athlete like in college. Like I, I was an okay athlete in high school, but I knew like it's not going to go anywhere. And so I knew that music was always going to be something that I could like could have lean on. And so after high school, I went to uh, Colorado Springs, um, New Life Church had a school of worship. I don't know if they still do or not. Um, I think they do. Do they? I really want to say they do. Okay. And they, and they very well could. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a while. It was a great program. And so um, went there and that was kind of at the height of like the desperation band. Like if, if you were in that Christian <laughs> music uh, uh, listening um, and so, so got some really great instruction. And so I was there for uh, just over a year doing their, doing their leadership training program. And then I moved back home, not like didn't have a job, had done a couple of interviews with churches just kind of all over the place. And one of them was from here in Hayes because the worship leader at the time, whose name was Austin was moving to Colorado Springs. And so I interviewed for like, so we like would be I honestly just be switching places, um, but moved home, not knowing what, what was going to happen. And then um, pastor Kyle and pastor Brant came to Oakley, which is where I'm from just 90 miles. I probably should have prefaced with that um, <laughs> where I'm from. Um, but my dad, so as a, my dad had built a, built a building that has like a gymnasium in it. And it looks like a big tent. Uh, it's called a sprung building. And so at the time we were looking at doing the first expansion here at the church, um, like what the, has the gym and stuff in it now. And they were looking at doing a building similar to that. Mm. And so they wanted to walk through and look at it. And while we were there, you know, I'd gone through the interview process with them a couple different times. And so we, they looked at the building and we kind of sat down and like, how would you like to be the next worship leader at Celebration Community Church? And I was like, sure. <laughs> Like that sounds yeah that's fine, and uh, so I walked back over to where my parents were. I was like, um, I just got a job. I'm gonna live in Hayes now, and they're like, okay, great. And so like <laughs> it was just like this random, uh, like not a whole lot of hoopla around it. But the like the one thing I always knew, like I didn't want, I never want to live in Hayes. Like yeah. I, you know, I'm from Oakley. I'm yeah. 90 miles away. My mom can come into town at any point that she wants to and go back the same day. Like I don't want to be in Hayes. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> have any desire to live here. Um, but we love it. Like yeah. we love it here. Like we've been, I've been here since 2005. My wife has been here since 2002. She went to the university here uh, and we love it. And we've, we've been here, we've moved away, we've come back and, and we wouldn't, we can't see ourselves being anywhere else. So yeah. we love it. 
Yeah. Hazel, Hazel gets you that way. Yeah, it definitely does. It sneaks up on you. <laughs> it does. It does. Like I said, I, I never wanted to live here. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm 90 miles from home and I just, yeah. My parents can check on me at any point they want to <laughs> while they go to the city right. and go to Walmart. And so, like, I never yeah. had any desire to live in this town, but yeah. here we are. Was there, um, any sort of time after that where you kind of took this job all randomly and it just fell in your lap? Was there a time after that where maybe you struggled with um, perhaps being like, oh, maybe I should have gone into something else or maybe I should have pursued a different style of work? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There was, um, you know, because I, I, I came here with the understanding that I was going to because I was only part time at the church. I did, They didn't hire me full time. So I was only part time. So I was working. Understand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I was working here and then I was working at little Dylan's on Hall street Yeah, and I was working stupid hours at ah. Dylan's. Like I was doing like the tag changes. And so I'd go in at like <laughs> 11 o'clock on Tuesday night and get off at like eight o'clock Wednesday morning. <laughs> and so like my, my goal was to, to work here and go to the university and become a history teacher. Like that's, that was why what I wanted to do. I had an oh. awesome, awesome history teacher in, mm. in high school. So like, oh, that'd be really cool to do. Mm. Um, and, uh, then I realized how expensive college was not that Hayes is all that expensive, right? but just like, right. like I'm a single just dude reality. and just like, I, I don't want to go into debt. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll stick with the church thing. And, uh, and so, so like, yeah, I mean, there were, there was a lot of times that, that I, uh, that I, I always looked for, you know, the grass is greener kind of situations, you know? And, and, uh, I don't know, like doors, I mean, the Lord has a funny way of working and doors just kept closing, which was fine. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I, I wasn't ready to move. I, mean, I was 19 years old when I got hired here at the church. Wow. Like I had, I had zero ministry experience. I had zero people skills. I had <laughs> zero leadership skills. Like Lord knows why they hired me in the first place. But there was so much that, that, that pastor Kyle and pastor Brant that, that, I mean, they really, really took time and invested in, in me as a, as a young man to, to mold and shape me into, into a leader and into the, the, the leader that I am today. Like I have, I, I can only credit Pastor Colin, Pastor Brandt for, for me being here today, because I, there are many, there were many times that I, that I should have been let go (laughs) many times. But they 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 saw something in me, and I don't know I don't know what it was. And there's still to this day, I was like, "Are you sure you made the right decision and <laughs> keeping me here?" But no, I mean they yeah. they they stuck their neck out for me. They they really took time and invested in in me personally, uh, which was huge. And uh, and I'm, I mean, by the grace of God, I'm still here. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there were so many times that I I looked at doing something different because I was like. One ministry doesn't pay well, mm-hmm. so you know as a young kid you're like I want to make bank and right. and you know do yeah. something fun, um, and and two like you're dealing with people all the time you know the good the bad the ugly of people, um, I have long said that if we weren't for people ministry would be the easiest job on the planet, um, and the best job, um, but yeah I mean you're always looking for something something new. Um, and especially as 19, like you're kind of here for a while and you move on to the next yeah. thing. Like, um, that was kind of the mentality that I had, but, but luckily, I mean, then I had met my, I had met my wife while, right when I came here, mm. um, she was on the encounter leadership team 
and and they put me on the account of leadership team just based on the fact that I was in that age group. And like, man, like, hey, you're here. <laughs> and uh, like, we didn't like each other at first, which was hilarious. Um, but but you know, having having that kind of relationship and building relationships around you, you helps you kind of stay stay right. grounded a little bit. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, there were so many times that I wanted to leave mm-hmm. that I tried to leave and just didn't work out. Couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One of the things that our audience probably doesn't know is that you're actually, I don't know if you're finished with seminary or you're almost, I'm almost done. Okay. So you want, you decided to, to go to seminary. I'd love to hear kind of your, just your decision-making process in terms of like, okay, why did you eventually now you decided to go to seminary? And then also what has God been teaching you through, through the last couple of years of you being in school? Right. So I, I mean, honestly, I started seminary like, gosh, probably five or six years ago. Okay. And it was one of those things like, you know, you kind of get all gung ho about it and you start and then you, know, you have to start paying for, for classes and like, well, I have kids and I have a mortgage and I have a car payment. Like, <laughs> right. This is going to have to wait. And so I, I it always kind of kept getting, getting sure. pushed back on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And so, um, two Thanksgivings ago, I get a phone call from, uh, like the academic supervisor at Rockbridge. And she said, Hey, uh, we just finished with giving Tuesday and we met. Um, I just met with the president of, of Rockbridge and we're trying to figure out where, like, cause we want to do scholarships. And she said, so, uh, she started the phone call with, can I bless you today? I was like, you know, I was thinking like the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. <laughs> like this is just a really nice thing. Yeah. Thanksgiving. You can, you can pray over me. Yeah. Time. Yeah. If like, you can have uh, Carrie Job sing to me. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly thought it was just like, Hey, this is kind of like our holiday thing. Like call right. our oh, students. Right. And yeah. I was like, okay. Pray with them or yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah. That's fine. She goes, well, we would like to pay for your tuition. Wow. I was like, <laughs> really? She's like, yeah. I was like, well, I was expecting a completely different kind of blessing, but I'll take this one. Um, <laughs> And so, so that, <laughs> right. And, and so that, that was really the motivating factor for me. And, and that's, what's kind of kept me motivated is yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to school, like for lack of a better term, I'm going to school on someone else's dime. Yeah. Like I'm not going to waste this opportunity. Yeah. And that's so awesome. for the last, um, for the last two years, I'm almost finished up. I've got, I've got like three classes left. And so for the last two years, um, you know, I've, I think I've taken one one eight week break, um, like during the summer, yeah. um, like with youth conference and, you know, my kids playing baseball yeah. and everything, but I, but I, I've been really trying to just to, just to bust it and yeah. just like do well, um, just to honor, you know, the people that have, were so gracious in, yeah. That's in, awesome. in allowing me to go to school. Cause I mean, otherwise I don't think, I mean, we, I would have had to wait until like my kids were right. older, you know, or, or, you know, or whatever. Um, you know, it kind of would have kept getting put back on the, on the, non-priority list um but man they're like a lot of the a lot of the classes that i've gone through are just like well i mean it's just basic leadership stuff but things like like interpreting the bible was probably one of my favorite classes that i've taken so far it was i mean it's so cool like there's just the there's a book we went through that just kind of talks about like like this is this is kind of how like you take scripture at face value but then like once you dig into it a little bit and you find Mm -hmm. all these little nuggets and you kind of start you know mining a little bit um, and so then you look at the, the, the Greek and the Hebrew and there's like, you know, in my, in my message a couple weeks ago, I talked about, you know, Jonah four and the city will be overthrown. Well, you can look at overthrown in two different ways, either destroyed and like burned to the ground or like conquered. 
Yeah, like conquered or the other sort of way of it is being restored, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like, like being able to look at it through that kind of lens and and seeing like, and then you look at the context around it's like, okay, this is God speaking. So he, mm-hmm. you know, he's looking for Nineveh to be overthrown, but he wants it to be restored where Jonah wants it to be like burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. And so, like, just being able to look at at scripture in that way um, has has just really kind of given me a new a new perspective and a new passion for, for studying scripture. Um, you know, it's really easy just to read your Bible and just to like take it at face value. But once you kind of start digging in and you, you see what the intent was behind it is, I mean, it just, it opens up a whole new, it really does a whole new new world. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for your audition. You're on the worship team. So are you going to audition? Not, not, not on the podcast. Okay. So that they, they don't let I don't me know. Do this is anymore. your set opportunity. <laughs> We're Let's in hear. charge. We, we can... can vote below. I'll have a poll <laughs> and you can vote if Gary should be on the worship team or not. Just say yes. Just say yes. No, that's awesome. We kind of wanted to transition and, and talk about something that you've mentioned quite often um, that's really impacted your life in a lot of different ways. And it was just the story of, of your dad mm-hmm. and, and what he went through. And so I love for our audience, just kind of hear that, that story, you know, how you wrestled with the difficult situation that your family was put in and then, and then what did God do and how did you guys, and how are you still walking with God through, through all of that? Right. Yeah. So to give some context to that, my dad, um, it would have been October 31st of 2011, somewhere in there, 2010, sure. 2011. Uh, my dad was diagnosed with ALS, so Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, and, you know, it was, it, it was kind of like you don't really know a whole lot about it. Right. Um, you know, the one thing you hear is that it attacks different people different ways. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for my dad, it started at his feet mm-hmm. and it slowly worked its way up to where, you know, he could walk or he had, you know, then eventually walk with a cane. Then he's walking with a walker and then he's in one of those three wheeled scooters to get long distances, but can walk short distances um, to where eventually he was in a power chair full time. And so, you you when you see this, this guy that, I mean, was my hero, like the mm-hmm. the every time I needed something or I, I had a problem or I had a question. I mean, it, the first call was to my dad. Um, and so like he was, he was kind of this just giant in, in my eyes. And, uh, and so to see this, this guy who, you know, was, was fine. And then, you know, over the course of, of eight years be in a wheelchair or in a power chair, unable to to move any part of his body barely able to speak like just to be able to see that progression was was devastating um and so you know my my dad was so incredibly faithful um and even you know i think as he saw his own mortality kind of start to take shape i think my dad started to kind of investigate his theology a little bit mm-hmm. um you know he grew up in the charismatic movement um his his church was a charismatic church and i think I think because that's just the kind of the way he grew up and, and I think it drove a lot of people away just cause there's so many unknowns or like, it's so confusing to people. Like I don't like, I grew up in that, that kind of church and I don't understand all of it. Like it, it like a lot of it just seems weird and you're in a town of 1200 people <laughs> right. and, and you have this kind of church. So I was like, okay, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> And so, so I think my dad began to kind of just investigate his own theology. And, and as he did, 
I think he just kind of saw some some ways that that he could have presented the gospel in a better way that would have been more attractive and less divisive. Mm-hmm. Um, not not to say like he was like intentionally sure. doing any right, of this, right? Right. But but I, I think he I think he understood that there was a better way mm-hmm. uh, and, and a more for lack of a better way, more inclusive way sure. um, to present the gospel. And so, so, I mean, that, that was, that was huge for me to see that this man who had, who had been so faithful as, as pastoring his church for, for gosh, for a long time, like 30 years. Um, but to see him kind of have this, this moment where he's like, well, maybe I'm not doing it the right way. Hmm. Yeah, you know, or maybe there's a better way of doing it, and so like just be able to see him kind of work through that a little bit was was really encouraging. That's awesome. Um, and it was really cool to see, and just to to see how how you know like he he had to make amends for ways that he mm. had ways that he had treated people, oh. or you know, wow. and, and and so like like just to see the humility, yeah, and that was huge. Um, but then my dad retired um at the end of 2012, I believe. Um, and so. Just because, like, his mind was still sharp, but his body just would not allow him to do mm-hmm. much. Um, and so, one of the primary reasons that we moved back in 2015 was to be closer to my dad because we knew, like, his health was really starting to deteriorate at at the end of 2014, beginning of 2015. So we, we moved back in February of 15, and he passed away April of 15. Um, you know, and and it's. You know, we were we were all standing in the living room when 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 he passed away. Like it was it was just like this surreal, like really weird moment. Um, you know, with the with the hospice nurse there, like you know, taking his heart rate, and you're all just kind of standing there, just kind of like like it's okay, Dad. Like just you can like it's fine. It's, yes. Um, but uh, the I think the the weirdest part of of that whole thing is it was like three days before Easter. You know. Um. And so, like, he passed away on a Wednesday, so we had Thursday, Friday, and we had Easter, like, that weekend. And so, like, in my mind, I can't, I, I can't separate this, like, we're supposed to celebrate mm. resurrection yeah. when we just had somebody, like, we're supposed to celebrate hope when we've just had everything ripped away from it. Like, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't make those two things make sense. Yeah. Um, and then we turned around. So we had Easter on Sunday and I think we turned around and had his funeral on Monday or Tuesday. And so like, like within like a week you have these, like the ultimate low and like the ultimate high of Easter. And like, it just, nothing made sense. And, and I was angry. Mm-hmm. Oh my word. I was so angry uh, at anyone or anything that, that I could take my, my anger out on. And, you know, one thing as after, after dad passed away, we're all sitting in the living room and just kind of, just kind of numb. Um, you know, my mom looks at each of us and says, this cannot shake our faith. Hmm. Like we, we know where dad's at. Like we know, like, you know, there's, there's no more wheelchairs in heaven. There's no more ALS. Like there's like, he's whole, he's, he's fine. We can't let this shake our faith. And I was like, uh, <laughs> Maybe for you. <laughs> yeah. Like that's all nice to say and stuff, but yeah. like I was, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend a good God letting this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and in my, in my mind, I'm like, there are people on death row that deserve mm-hmm. to die the way my dad died versus you know, living their life out, you know, with three meals a day, the you know, whole bit like, 
my dad didn't deserve any of this. My dad was the most faithful man that I can think of, but he was, he died like excruciatingly. Like he just like, and so like none of it made sense to me. Like how can God be good if this? Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, after, after the funeral, everything like I was so angry and I was so ready to just dump my faith on the roadside. Like I was, I was ready to be done. Like I can't, I can't make these two, these two things don't make sense anymore. And, and so, so I mean, I, I had gone through the effort of, of looking for just secular jobs either in town or like even out of town. Like I just want to, I want to get away. I don't want to be part of the church anymore. I don't, I don't want to do any of it. I didn't believe that, that God was who he said he was. I, I, because of my circumstances and everything surrounding everything that happened, like I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I didn't believe that God was good. I didn't believe he was faithful. I, you know, yes, it's like we prayed for healing and it didn't happen. And uh, and I understand that not everything happens the way we want it to. But I was like, of, of all the people, like I, I need him to be here. Like I, I needed him to, to stay, stay here. And it was incredibly selfish of, of me. Um, and, and it later that year, my grandpa passed away. My dad's dad passed away. And, and I, and I was still in this, in this struggle of like, I don't believe that God's good. And then my grandpa passed away. It's like, you're just, you're, you're just reaffirming my heart, like my, my irritation. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, I, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't do it anymore. And so I, I was just simply going through the motions. I was, I, I was spiritually like if, if everyone has, if anyone has ever felt spiritually dead, like I was, I would, that was the lowest point that I can think of. Um, when, when like in, in 2015, it was like the, the absolute worst year of my life. Um, and I, and I can't say that there was one singular moment that started to change my perspective, but I think over the course of time, like there were just, there were just moments and just little reminders of, of God's faithfulness and whether it was, you know, you know, keeping us protected, you know, or, or whatever it was, there wasn't, there wasn't like one big moment, but, but I think, I think God was just continually just pursuing like, I'm here. Like I, I've never left. I, I'm still here. I'm still present. I'm still the God that that you know who was, who is, and who will become. Like, and so it, it took me just just stopping and and understanding that that it's not about me. Just like we talked about with the ministry stuff. Like this this whole scenario, it's not. It has nothing to do with me. You know, his his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. And and for me to think that that his plans and his decisions should revolve around what I want or what I need or mm-hmm. you know anything it's it's incredibly selfish and and I'm so thankful that I am not God cuz I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't make those decisions mm-hmm. and so I you know there are, there are still days that I doubt you know there are still days like I I think doubt is is just kind of a, a part of of being human. Um, but at the same time, like, okay, like what day is today? Today's Tuesday. 
on Sunday, I got a phone call from my sister that said my other grandpa passed away. Yeah. My, my mom's, my mom's dad passed away this like two days ago, but I felt peace about it. Mm. You know? And so I, I, I think like just, just coming to an understanding that God's in control and that, that his timing is perfect and that, that his plan is perfect, even though it might be on, might not be perfect uh, on, on, with my agenda. I'm God doesn't have to line up with my agenda. It's the other way around. I have to align with his. And so, but like, I just felt there was so much peace that I felt mm. even like my sister had called and said, Hey, have you talked to mom yet? I was like, no, he goes, she goes, well, uh, grandma passed away about an hour ago. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, like it was kind of like, it was kind of numb, but at the same time, like I knew, I knew he was, he was in the presence of God. Like he got to see dad. He got to see my grandparents. Like, yeah, like it's a beautiful thing. And so, so I, I think, you know, my perspective ha- is so much different now, be- mm-hmm. just, just based on, you know, having time to, to go through that grieving process and, and to understand that, that God is still faithful, yeah. you know, and, and he's proven that time and time again, just when in our lives and, and, and so to understand that, that I'm not in control, I think, um, has really kind of started to to refound my my faith in who God is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good saying um, that grieving process because I think that could be helpful to a lot of people who maybe have experienced a large amount of grief and something um, traumatic or um, really significant in their lives to just you know be okay with the fact that that can take a long time. Right. And you said the whole year, you know, and that that still can continue to today. And so um, that applies both if you are the person that has experienced something like that, be okay with that taking time. Um, and then if you're not, be okay with being the person that's going to love someone through that whole entire process. It's a huge thing. So we need to be um, faithful to each other mm-hmm. in that grieving process as well. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to, to, to say, like, Yes, the grieving process. I mean, it, it's called the grieving process for a reason. Right. You know, there there are there are different areas within that, but but I think it's important that that it's okay to be in one of those grieving. Like, you know, what is it? The seven steps mm-hmm. of grief. Um, you know, whether it's anger, depression, or denial. You know, I think it's okay to be there for a while. But the difference there's a difference between being there and living there. Right. You know, you, you can't, you can't grow roots there because then that like it, it, you cease to function in certain ways. Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I think there's a big difference and I think it's important to note that, yeah, like my grieving process took over a year, mm-hmm. but you know, you kind of go through each of those steps in different ways and maybe you revert back to one, you know, as you're going through it. But I, I, I couldn't, I knew that I couldn't just live there because I'm not, 100% me. Like I, I can't, I can't be a good father if I am continually living in mm-hmm. my anger um, or living in my depression or whatever it is. Like I, I, I knew like there is a season to, to this, but I'm choosing for it not to be where I, where I make my home. Mm-hmm. If that makes yeah, sense. Definitely. That's really good. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate your time and you just your willingness to be on the podcast with us. 
And if there's a way for our audience to connect with you, would there be just something like email or on social media? Where would would be the best place for them? To yeah, connect I mean, they you? can they can they can catch me on Facebook if that's if that's I don't know is Facebook a thing with college students anymore? <laughs> I don't really know, honestly. Some yeah, some have it. Some okay, have well, it. I mean, Instagram is just it's just Kale Bloom. Um, and then if they just want to email me here at the church, it's just Kale at c 3 hcom Just K A E L at c 3 hcom So Perfect. I'd be more than happy to. Yeah. Talk yeah. If you somebody. have questions or, or maybe you're dealing with, um, the passing of a family member or, or, you know, wrestling with, with who you are, who you believe God is or any of the things that Kale talked about today. I know that he would love to have a conversation with you and Kale, we appreciate your time and thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. I, I, thanks for having me. And, and just to kind of what you said, like, I'm not going to sit here and promise that I have all the answers. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not some like, yeah. Genius at all this. For like sure. I've just kind of walked through it. And so if yeah. there's somebody that I can that I can walk alongside, like mm-hmm. by all means, yeah. Shoot me a message. I'd love to love to walk alongside you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. And be sure to be in touch with Kale by visiting our show notes. <laughs>